Christ, he's worthy today. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, he's worthy today. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. From the book of John, John chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. John 4, beginning at verse 13. I do want to thank all of you that are tuning in. I do want to remind you while you're tuning in, if uh, you can give your offering online, there ought to be uh, a button somewhere there on your screen where you can give your offering. We're going to, uh, we don't know if we're going to have a special moment to do that at all in the service. I'm going to preach and then uh, uh, we'll do a special prayer. And we'll do the benediction. But there's a word from the Lord Amen. during this season. Yes, uh, out of the book of John, John chapter 4, beginning at verse 13. Reading from the New King James Version, it reads on this wise. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, on, on this mountain. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me. The hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Amen. I want to preach from this thought today in your hearing. The how matters more. The how matters more. The how matters more. Say that to yourself wherever you may be. The how matters more. My brothers and my sisters, we are an inquisitive people. Uh, we are inquisitive and life has taught us uh, uh, to, to want to know the details of things. So much so that if we happen to run across someone who is not as interested in the details uh, as we are, then we find that person kind of strange 
are odd. We always want to know the how. This is, this is one of the details that oftentimes intrigues us the most, the, the how. In inquiring about the details, we want to know the who, the what, and the how of an event. Even in this pandemic season that we find ourselves thrusted in, we, we want to know the details. If not, we wouldn't spend so much time in front of the TV, listening to the radio, and perusing the internet. We want to know the how, the what, and the who of this COVID-19. We want to know what this COVID is. That's the what. We want to know what the symptoms are. That's the what. We, we want to know, we want to know who, the, the who, the who. We want to know who knew about it. And we want to know uh, 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 who started it. And, and, and not only that, but we want to know how is it transmitted, the, the how. How do I avoid it? We are subconsciously concerned about the how. No matter where you look, no matter where you go, we're always concerned about these few things. We definitely want to know the how. Even if we don't realize it, the how matters. When you board an airplane, you wonder how it is that it's going to stay in the air. When you get a new job, you wonder how I can get a promotion and a raise. When you find a new love interest, you want to know how to gain and attain his or her affection. The how matters. In our text this morning, we find ourselves listening to a conversation between Jesus and a Samaritan woman. And this woman happens to be at her family's well. We must be careful, though, because as we eavesdrop in this conversation, we have to understand that Jesus has sent away his disciples because of their legalistic views. He already knew what they were going to think. And so because he says prior to this encounter that I have need to go through this, this through, through Samaria, he knows what they are going to think and what they are going to say. How does he know, my brothers and sisters? He knows because he's omniscient. That means that he knows everything. Isn't it good to know that we serve a God that knows everything? He knows what we're going to think before we think it. He knows what we're going to say before we say it. He knows what we're going to do before we do it. He's omniscient. He knows everything. And so he knew that these disciples would have a problem with his conversation at a well. And so he sends them away. And so as we, as we intently eavesdrop, be careful not to jump to any conclusions. Uh, yeah, they would have jumped to conclusions because they knew her past. They would have jumped to conclusions because they knew where she come from. They would have jumped to conclusions uh, because she was a woman that approached the well uh, in the midday hour. They would have had some conclusion. They would have judged her because of the mere fact of who she was, uh, where she was, and how how she got there. Uh, there goes that how again. Uh, it's the how that matters to us. Uh, and as we eavesdrop on this conversation, uh, I want you to understand something. Uh, this conversation is not so much about a woman who got five husbands uh, and the one she's with is not hers. Uh, this conversation uh, from beginning to end uh, is about worship. Oh my God. Uh, when I begin to read the conversation, when I begin to look intently at what was being said, uh, 
as I leaned into the text, the Lord and the Holy Ghost showed me that this particular text is tailored to teach us that the how matters more than the where. Can I preach to my seven of y'all sitting up in your living room, in your bedroom? I don't know, maybe you snuck to the bathroom, but can I point out to you, it's the how that matters and not so much the where. If we can ever get it in our mind that it's the how that God is looking for and not so much the who, the what, and the where, then we can really truly celebrate God in the way in which he wants us to celebrate him. It's the how that matters. It's the how. It's the how that matters. But wait, wait, wait. Before I stop, before I go any further, let me stop and point this out. The, the who matters most. Oh, my God. When you get to the text, when you read the text, when you get to the well, the Bible says that when Jesus sits down at the well, he's thirsty, he's tired, he's drained physically, but in the power of God, he's strong, he's mighty, he's omnipresent, he's omnipotent, he's, uh, he's all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful, but he's tired physically as he's sitting by the well, but he's there not for himself, but for the woman that needs to understand that deliverance is at hand. Can I preach to about seven of y'all at home that's sitting there trying to figure out how we're going to get through this, how we're going to make it, how I'm going to pay my bills, how, how, how. It's the how that matters. And, and the Bible says that, that when, when Jesus sits at the well, this woman approaches the well. And Jesus says to her, woman, give me to drink. And the woman goes in this legalistic uh, expository of why it is a Jew, him being a Jew, would ask her being a Samaritan for a drink of water. And Jesus says, a woman, if you knew, good God Almighty, if you knew who it was. See, the who does matter most. See, he said, if you knew who it was that's asking you for water, and if you knew the gift of God, you would ask me for water, and I would give you living water that flows out of your very being. See, the who matters. He says to her, you got to know who it is that's in your situation. Can I preach to six of y'all that's wondering where God is right now? I want you to understand that he sat down at your well. He sat down at your midday hour. He sat down in your situation. You got to know who the who is. The who is Jesus Christ. The who is Mary's baby. The who is a bright and moaning star. You got to know who the who is. He said if you known who it is that's asking you for water you would ask me for water. And I'd give you living water. See what what God told me to tell us this morning as I made my way down here is that God is trying to pour living water into our bosoms. But I found out that living water only makes sense when things are dried up. Oh, can I preach this? Is there, is there some dryness in your life? Is there some dryness in your marriage? Is there some dryness in your relationship? Is there some dryness on your job? Is there some dryness in your thinking? Is there some dryness in your life? God said, I'll pour out living water. Uh, uh, she, could, she, could, she, could, she could celebrate this because she knew from where she come. Who am I preaching to? She, she knew from where she was coming. She, she knew all about her own background. 
she knew what was going on back at home. Is, is anybody, am I preaching to anybody that got some stuff going on back home? Uh, you already know that you need God more than anything. You, the who matters most. But once you've gotten the who down pack, now you got to grapple with the how. The Bible says that Jesus tells a woman, give me water to drink, and she wants to challenge him. And he says, if you knew who it was, I'll give you water. And, and you go back and read the story. The Bible said now she challenges him. She, she said, you ain't even got nothing to draw with. How you going to give me? Give me some water. Uh, are you better than our father who dug this well? Or even his cattle? How are you going to give me something to drink? Jesus tells her, he said, woman, go get your husband. Uh, 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 now, if I wanted to preach this another way, saints of God, I would say that the first lesson that Jesus tries to teach this woman is the lesson of servanthood. And see, it would do us some good, even during this perilous time, to learn how to serve one another. Uh, 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 Jesus uh, did not deal with the woman based upon her nationality. He just asked her for a drink of water. He did not need for her to deal with him based upon his race. He just wanted a drink of water. If we ever can get to the point to where we can go on and serve somebody, not based upon where they come from who they belong to or what house of lineage that they come from just serve them because you never know you may be entertaining an angel of God we got to learn how to serve one another he says he says to her bring your husband that's where we pick up on our eavesdropping today because when he when he challenges her on her sin can I preach when he challenges her on what she's doing that's wrong, now she has another outlook. Now she has a different response. When he challenges her on, on the things that, 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 that she's tried to hide back at the house, uh, 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 she comes looking for water, but she's dressed it up to be just a woman coming to the well for water. Uh, she comes looking for water, but she's dressed it up as a woman uh, uh, not too different from anybody else. She, she's just coming to the well to get some water. What are you saying, brother preacher? I'm saying that all of us have learned how to specialize in dressing some stuff up. Yeah, she dresses it up. And, and, and can, I, can I preach it like I feel it? Uh, it may be good that some of us had to stay home during this season because we'll dress it up to come to the well. Uh, we'll act like everything all right to come to the well. Uh, even when Jesus is at the well, we'll try to pretend uh, like my life is in order. But the truth of the matter is, as soon as you woke up on the property of the well, he already knows. He already knows. He said, go get your husband she says I, I ain't got a husband Jesus said you spoke right you don't have a husband you had five and the one you got right now which makes six ain't even yours and now all of a sudden she decides that uh, I guess I'll speak uh, biblical she says sir I perceive that you are a prophet. Uh, you, you must be 
You must be a prophet. You must be a preacher. You must be a man of God because you know all about me. You know some stuff. Me just meeting you, I haven't shared anything. You know about me. Uh, uh, let me talk. Uh, uh, let me talk spiritual to you, then, sir. Uh, uh, she says, uh, 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 "We, you, we, we, we worship. Uh, we worship on at this church. I mean, on this mountain. Uh, we, we worship. Uh, we worship on." At this church, on, on this mountain, we, that's where we worship. Uh, she said, our fathers told us that we got to come to this mountain to worship. Uh, and she said, and then she goes on, she said, and you Jews say that the church, to, I mean, the place to go to uh, is Jerusalem. You, y'all say that you got to go to New Jerusalem. I mean, y'all say that you got to go to Jerusalem to worship. You, you Jews say that that you, you got to go to to Jerusalem, and that's the place where we ought to come and worship. Uh, in other words, she became very legalistic with Jesus, and and I stopped by to tell you that God is not about our legalistic ways. Uh, see, legal legalism comes about uh, when man tries to control what other men do. Oh, good God Almighty! Man trying to control where you worship and how you give and where you give and where you live and what you do and where you work. That's a legalistic society. But we serve an almighty true loving God uh, that is more concerned about your relationship uh, rather than where you worship. Uh, oh my God. Can I preach this the way I feel it to y'all sitting at home? Can I have you shout back at me that the earth is the Lord's uh, and the fullness thereof uh, and the world and they that dwell therein? That says to me that I can worship him on any mountain. I can worship him anywhere. They said, uh, our daddies said that you gotta say that the only place to worship is on this mountain. Our daddy said you, that you ain't really had church until you showed up on this mountain. And you Jews say that we're wrong. You say that your church, I mean, your place of worship is better than this mountain. Can I help you if you ain't got it yet? See, some folk are tripping over the fact that you can't come to a church building to worship. That's a legalistic view. I, I know, I know, and I love God knows I love the gathering of the saints. I love coming together. It's good to come together because what you've been through, what you've been through may be what you can help me with what I'm going through. In other words, if you've been through something, you're able to shout over it, and I know about it. I can sit next to you in the house of the Lord while I'm going through what you've been through and know that there's hope for me. What he's saying? I'm saying simply what he's done for others, he'll do for me and so we cannot forsake the gathering of the saints but baby don't think that this is the only place that you can worship our daddies say that this mountain is where we got to worship and y'all say it's in Jerusalem which, which is it which is it which is it you you are a Jew which is it which is it you are you are Jewish and I perceive you to be a prophet which is it Where's the right place to worship? Which is it? Jesus said to her woman, believe me. Now, if I can't preach nothing, I'm going to preach right here. He said, woman, believe me. 
Y'all, believe me, the hour is coming when you can't worship on that mountain or this mountain. A time is coming, could God Almighty, where you can't get to New Jerusalem Baptist Church or St. Stephen's or greater what or new this or first that. A time is coming and the hour is now. Well, you cannot, neither, neither, you are neither on this mountain. Good God, this is Jesus talking, y'all. You won't, a time, the hour is coming. Can I preach to somebody that realizes that the hour is now? Can I preach to about nine of y'all sitting in your house, realize that the hour has come, that you can't either worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. The hour is now. He said, you worship. He said, you worship. You worship what you don't even know. You got it tied up, tangled up, and all crossed up in legalism. You say that you got to dress a certain way. You say that you got to come at a certain time. You say you got to act a certain way. You got it wrapped up into legalism. You worship what you do not know. He said, we know what we worship. We know it because we realize that salvation is of the Jews. But the hour could call upon is that in y'all Bible? Verse 23, but the hour is coming. And I got news for you. Now is the hour. The hour is coming and now it is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. The time is now. That we worship in spirit and in truth. Y'all, that is your how today. The how matters more than the where. It not so much matters where I worship, it's how I worship. Because I've come to find out that there are some folk that can come up in church and pretend a worship, can fake a worship, and not be real with their worship. We got to understand that the how matters more. We got to understand that God is more concerned turn with the how how do we worship how do we worship when it seems like all the churches are closing their doors to public gathering how do we worship when we swim all we've ever known is to get up on Tuesday and Wednesday and Sunday and make our way down to the church and pretend to shout pretend to cry pretend to dance how do we worship when I am forced to stay in my living room in my bed room in my basement how do I worship when I can't make my way down to the church how it's in the text and I'm done good God of mine I'm done here's the how we should worship him in two ways in spirit and in truth help me Holy Ghost we'll close this in a minute did y'all know that Lucifer was a worship angel? That was his heavenly name. It was only when he was expelled that he was, his name was changed to Diablo, a devil. But when he was in heaven with God, 
before God made man, Lucifer had one job. And his job was to worship God. Oh, that was his job. His job was to worship God. And if you read the account of him over in the book of Ezekiel, you'll find out that he was arrayed in emblems of worship. To the point that no matter what he did, God received it as worship. If Lucifer waved his hands, God received it as worship. If Lucifer sat down, God received it as worship. Uh, if he cleared his throat, God said, Lucifer must be worshiping me. The only problem is uh, he, he, his pride steps in and his head swells up and God has to evict him out of heaven. Now God has an, he has an opening in heaven. Have you ever been driving by a job and you said you, you saw them say we got a job opening? God had a job opening for a worship angel and God said you know what we'll do since the angel messed up his worship what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to we're going to create a man and man's job is to worship good God almighty the whole reason that God created us is that we will worship him that we will give him glory because of who he is he ain't got to do nothing he's already done enough we can worship him because he's worthy of our worship. Said, well, and so God created us that we will worship. Whether we come together in one location or not, he created us that we'll worship. Whether I'm at home or on my job, he created us to where we'll worship. Oh my God, can I help y'all? Can I help y'all? See, we got it twisted. We think worship is placated on things being good in our life. Good God Almighty. We think the only time to worship is when we get what we wanted. But the truth of the matter is, a good time to worship is when all hell is broke loose. A good time to worship is when things ain't going the way you thought they was. A good time to worship is when you're self-quarantined in your own house. That's a good time to worship. But how, preacher, how, how you... You got all excited and you're yelling at us. How? How? In spirit and in truth. In spirit. Let me, let me peel this back like an onion. See, in spirit. Galatians 5 and 16 tells us to walk in the spirit. And see, here's the thing. Uh, you got to understand that when he says in spirit, he's talking about, first of all, he's talking to believers. This isn't for folk who don't know him. Folk that don't know God can't walk in spirit. But folk that say, I believe in Jesus, I've accepted him as Lord and Savior of my life. You have the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit that dwells on the inside of you. And so you ought to be able to walk in spirit. Well, preacher, what does that mean? Well, let me help you. Let me help you worship him in spirit. See, the Bible says that the spirit has fruit. Can I preach this to some folk that's really intently listening today? The spirit produces fruit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Uh, goodness, uh, meekness, uh, uh, forgiveness. Uh, and when I be begin to practice those things, uh, 
I am walking in the spirit. Oh, y'all missed it. When I learn how to love unconditionally, I'm walking in the spirit. When I love to have joy that surpasses all understanding, I'm walking in the spirit. When I'm meek and not ready to cuss nobody out, I'm walking in the spirit. And when I'm walking in the spirit, I am worshiping and acknowledging God. got to walk walk in the in the spirit we got we got to practice love and joy and peace we got to practice goodness kindness meekness and as i practice those things as i do those things do you believe do you do you do, you'll be shocked to know that when i do those things i am in a sense worshiping god because I'm producing, I'm walking, I'm, I'm acting, I'm working in the this fruit that the Spirit has produced. We, we worship him in spirit. But here's another, here's another. Here's another. He said we got to worship him in spirit and in truth. John 17 and 17 tells us that the word of God is truth. How do I worship him in spirit and truth? In spirit, I learn how to love my neighbor as myself. That's what I do. That's what I got to learn how to do. I, I got to learn how to love my neighbor as myself. I can't be up in Kroger's fighting over tissue. I got to learn how to love my neighbor as myself. I can't be up yanking on one end of the water bottle while somebody got the other end. I got I to gotta love my neighbor as myself. I got to love folks unconditionally. I got to learn how to love and operate in the spirit. But wait a minute. Then he says in truth. John 17 and 17 tells us that the word of God is truth. How, how do I worship him in, in truth? I, the way I worship him in spirit is to do, is to work out the fruit in my life. But how do I worship him in, in truth? Well, what you got to do to worship him in truth is you got to take him at his word. You got you to gotta do his command. You got to do what he said to do. See, we made this thing complicated. We feel that because I came to a building with an altar, I've worshipped. No, you just came and portrayed it. If you don't know how to love folks unconditionally, don't know how to pro pro uh, pro promote peace, uh, then all you did was come and practice this thing or played at this thing. But then you got to learn how to worship him in truth. That means you got to stand on the word. Which means if somebody slap you on one fire, you got to turn the other cheek. It means that you are the head and not the tail. You are Linda, not the bar. Which means that you love your neighbor. And I know, I know, I know. I'm done. I'm done. I know, I know. There's somebody saying, but I know somebody saying, but that, that ain't worship. That don't look like, that don't look like the type of way. That don't look like us coming together and lifting our hands. But listen. If you love someone unconditionally, you ain't got to lift your hands. Listen, listen, listen. If you, if you promote peace and joy, you ain't got to lift your hands. That's worship. How do I know? Because I told you that Lucifer was a worship angel. And everything that he did, every move that he made, God received it as worship. So what are you saying today, preacher? I'm saying that if you learn how to worship him in spirit... That means to produce the fruit that God has placed in you. And then learn how to worship him in truth. That means to stand upon his word. You'll be like the worship angel where everything you do, God sees it as worship. It's the how that matters. And the how sometimes bothers us. The how sometimes 
messes with our mind. It's hard for us to, to wrap our mind around the how. But I got a how that we say we believe. But yet and still, we struggle with this how. Here's a how for you. The Bible said that, that there was a lady named Mary that had a baby. And the Bible said that he was the Lamb of God. The Bible says that, that this lamb grew into a man, and his name is Jesus. The word of God says that, that from the very foundation of the earth, he was the lamb that was slain for your sins and mine. But the Bible says that, that he walked the Judean hillside, healing the sick and raising the dead. This how, this how messes with our mind. Uh, because this how uh, it doesn't register with us and uh, this how is a how that if we think about it it does not make any sense to us but all that are saved under my voice were saved because of this how the, the Bible says uh, that this how is how we are saved uh, that they mocked him all night long uh, the Bible says that they beat him about his brow uh, the Bible says uh, that they pushed him through judgment hall to judgment hall uh, the Bible says uh, that early that Friday morning uh, they took him out uh, and they beat him with a cat of nine tails uh, this how does not make any sense to me. The Bible says that they marched him down the Via Dolorosa. The Bible says that they nailed his hands to the cross. This how does not make sense to me. The Bible says that they hung him between two thieves. They pierced him in the side. But this how does not make sense to me. The Bible says that they laid him in a borrowed tomb and he stayed there all night Friday night and he stayed there all day Saturday and he stayed there all night Saturday night but the Bible says that early Sunday morning I can't understand the how but he got up with all power all power in his hands I can't tell you how he did it but I can tell you that I believe that he got up with all power, all power in his hands. Early Sunday morning, he got up with all power. And now they sing the song that says, Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. But it doesn't stop there. He's coming back. He's coming back. I don't know how I don't know when I don't know where but I know that he's coming back is there anybody that's sitting beside you that know he's coming back say yes say yes say yes yes the how the how the how the how matters the how matters. The how, it matters. And what I like about the how today, the how today is wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in the love of God. 
he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life this is one how that you may not fully understand but I want you to know it's wrapped up and tied up and tangled up in love in love that caused our God to put on flesh and come down through 42 generations it's wrapped up in love love that as Paul said, that thou will confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. You can be saved today.